Welcome to Epilepsy Cast, the podcast about all things epilepsy from Epilepsy Action. Hello. Hey, how's it, how's it going? It's going all right. I was just saying a hay fever has got into my throat a bit, so I'm a bit, you know, husky and croaky today. Ah, oh, as if you're allergic to grass. I, I mean, know. What like, thing? it's the worst allergy. <laughs> I know. And, and where I'm living at the moment is literally surrounded by farmer's fields, so... Yeah there is no avoiding it no getting away from it yeah no it's 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 it hits me quite a bit as well and i always get a stuffy nose and it's just like Ugh. i hope i get i hope i don't get it for one of these podcasts because otherwise it'll just be like nasal city all day <laughs> Ugh, horrible oh, not nice so yeah if i'm a bit croaky and uh, husky that is why but at least at least you are moving back to leeds soon so you'll be in that lovely polluted city air rather than the farmland so you know which which one's the best i don't know i know well honestly for me in the summer i'd take the pollution over the pollen any day right okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, cars are good for something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so here we are. We are in episode four, I think, of Epilepsy Cast, and uh, for listening and for letting us know what you think. And um, I know that Derek's video um, that he shared um, about his experience with racism, he shared it. We shared it on our social media, and it had some really positive um, comments and real a lot of support for Derek. So thank you for that yeah an incredible story and uh you know obviously a terrible story at the same time so i'm really glad Derek got the platform to kind of share that and um we're speaking in this episode to um the subjects of another video we shared on our social media um which uh are the the atwell bryces and they um are a couple and they have four sons two sets of identical twins um two of whom have epilepsy really really quite severely um and i'm really looking forward to chatting to them later absolutely and uh I think we've 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 shared their story quite a number of times, and it was um, a father's father's day this past weekend. As time of recording, we've recorded on the twenty third, and uh, the the story that they shared together, where they're talking about their two sons uh, who have epilepsy, and you know the struggles that they go through day to day is is it's just remarkable. They are remarkable set of dads, and uh, we'll obviously hear about their story later in the podcast. Yeah, like talk about like peak dad story to share on Father's <laughs> yes. Day. They are just like, I just, it astounds me yeah. every time I think about or hear them speak. So I'm really l- so, looking forward to So you, to can, go, you can go check out that video on our social media at Epilepsy Action everywhere. And uh, it's a five minute video and it's well worth, well worth the time. Definitely. Made me a bit teary. <laughs> Get the tissues um, out. And, and another, another important story to share because I think often, um, I guess we might cover this with, um, Michael and Paul a bit later but often those um, people with really severe epilepsy or have who have epilepsy and learning difficulties I think often their stories don't get shared as much um, partly perhaps because they some people aren't able to speak for themselves so it's really important that um, we do share their stories yeah absolutely um, and talking of interesting stories I spotted something in segue the press queen this week. there Segway queen I'm getting good at this you um, are I'm proud. <laughs> I spotted something in the press this week that really sparked my interest, and that is that there has been a research project in Canada that has shown that listening to Mozart's sonata for two pianos in D major for around seven minutes. Daily, ah, yes, ah, yes, that that piece, yes, that's one of my that favorites. One. 
that one yeah um but listening to that reduced the frequency of people's seizures it reduced the number of seizures people had in a month right so half the people listened to that piece of music and half the people listened to like a scrambled um a rhythmic version so like a piece with a different rhythm of the same right. piece and the ones who listened to the mozart or like piece, double time metal or something like that yeah whatever <laughs> yeah um, more, more, ones... my, more my style there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but the ones who listened to the Mozart had fewer seizures than they would right. normally do I just thought that was so interesting I think I've come across this before it's got, I think it's called like the Mozart effect where there's been lots of research into using Mozart's music to improve either cognitive function or um, sort of different kind of mental tasks that kind of thing and I believe a couple of years ago there was uh, another study um, I believe in China where they were playing uh, Mozart's music to rodents with temporal lobe epilepsy and they were looking to see if the music would affect the animal's awareness and sort of understanding and response to their spatial environment and I think they did uh, kind of see a positive effect in that way so I don't know if this uh, latest research has come from that or based on that kind of thing but very very interesting nonetheless. Yeah and I think the coolest thing about it is that it says like in the article in the like press articles about the study that it could be um like a low cost non-invasive therapy or treatment for epilepsy because obviously you know a lot of the medications for epilepsy we know have really um intrusive side effects and um and then for there sure. are a lot more kind of serious treatment options surgery or a vns a vagus nerve stimulator um but um Obviously, there aren't, there aren't really many side effects of listening to Mozart every day for seven minutes. <laughs> Apart from, you know, the the inexplicable, you know, compulsion to get up and, you know, start doing like a waltz or something like that. Yeah. That, that is a side effect, but other than that. Yeah. If any great. of our listeners yeah. play the piano and fancy uh, sending us a recording of them playing the yes. uh, sonata for two people oh well, you need you need another person sonata maybe not at the moment but right. uh or you can do it like social distanced <laughs> yeah via zoom sonata together two, pianos. two pianists in one house you know yeah um, yeah Sends i have been over. practicing my rocky piano skills in lockdown but um i think that's probably a bit beyond me at the moment right okay so i have to ask uh, is it rocky as in you know you're a bit oh i haven't played for a while or are you trying to play the rocky theme tune Oh no, not the Rocky theme tune. Right, okay. The former, <laughs> like as in, I played as a kid and haven't played for fifteen years. Right, I see. Kind I of see. standard. Fair enough. Another positive story that we picked up on the news uh, this week is um, uh, it's been picked up by Daily Mail and I think the Sun as well. You said Hattie, um, yeah. a six-year-old girl, um, actually apparently saved her mother's life um, by calling um, her uncle, who in turn told um, her father that. Um, her mum. Wow, this is a whole family affair, right? Whole here. Family, family, family link. <laughs> uh, that they, that um, she was having a seizure, um, and um, as the dad actually walked through the front door, they they saw the little girl. She's only six years old. She's called Kelsey. Kind of comforting her mum, stroking her hair, holding her hand, and telling her that everything's going to be okay. Um, so she was just like really incredible, comforting. Um, her mum stay calm but I just think it's so she tried to get through to her dad didn't she and she couldn't and then she um, so she carried on trying to get through to right. somebody until she did yeah the, I guess the mum's now home and recovering well um, she was she was taken to a hospital to get assessed by doctors but she's apparently fine now but an amazing story of a little girl kind of helping her mum 
through a seizure. And uh, yeah. uh, it reminds me of another story from last year where there's two people uh, playing a game together and the one of the friends heard the other one having a seizure through the voice chat on the mic. Oh, wow. And they managed to uh, um, call an ambulance um, to the house. And actually, it was quite a severe seizure. So it was ambulance worthy. And uh, they pretty much saved their life um, wow. just through the power of connection through the internet, through, you know, a mic. And wow. uh, it's always kind of powerful to read stories like this where you know the the person who's obviously having the seizure can't do anything themselves so so people are stepping in to help them and yeah um so yeah we just want to say a massive well done to kelsey that's so fantastic and um it reminds me of what we spoke about um in the episode with bob who is a teacher um who he sometimes has seizures in school and just how resilient the kids are and how they handle it really well um and how they just take it all in their stride. Um, and I know that um, for a lot of parents with epilepsy, that must be a real concern that they might have a seizure when it's just them and their kids around and that they'll have to teach their kids what to do. Um, but we do quite often see these stories of kids who just do amazing things and um, are truly remarkable, go above and beyond to look after their relatives and um, they step up to the plate. So yep, a huge well done to Kelsey we think yeah. that's and awesome she got a, uh, a special achievement award handed out to her, her primary school as well which is apparently very rare so absolutely worthy of that honour yeah definitely it's really nice to see that other people are celebrating her too um, I yeah. hope she feels really proud of herself as, as, well especially schools as you were saying um, that you know um, we, we love it when schools you know take a proactive approach to epilepsy so I guess um, this, this might encourage that school if they haven't already to kind of look into that kind of stuff Definitely. And the final story that I wanted, that we wanted to share with you guys um, in this episode was a story that's appeared in Devon Live. Um, again, the link will be in the show notes, um, as will the link to the uh, Kelsey story. And um, this is just a really fantastic press story because it's three people all just really being really honest and open about their epilepsy and their experiences with epilepsy. Um, from um, Simon who when he had a seizure he fell onto the train tracks once and kind of talking about how you carry on and carry on going out in public after you've had that experience um, to the journalist who wrote the story Charlotte um, she wrote the story and she has epilepsy herself um, talking about how she kind of approaches it with new colleagues and how how that kind of works in her life um, I just think it's a fantastic little news story. It should hopefully do some really brilliant raising of awareness um, about what life is like with epilepsy um, to the Devon audience, but it's online, so anyone can read it wherever you are. Yeah, and do check it out because it's got uh, some really kind of fascinating insight from three different people who have three different kind of seizure types and um, and how they've dealt with it and how they continue to cope with it. And actually, the thing I think is really interesting in that story too, Charlotte, the journalist, asked on her social media what people thought about when they heard the word epilepsy, like right. a word association thing, you know? Yes. Um, and then she used the answers and she turned it into a word cloud where you like the most common words show up in bigger and the least common words show up smaller. Um, and it's really fascinating to see what the members of the public who she spoke to came back with. Um, it's... I think it's pretty insightful some of the things that they've said um, but it's not overly positive and Charlotte no. says that, that kind of 
um, her epilepsy has made her a stronger person, which is obviously unique to everybody, um, but that she wishes that it had kind of that more positive things had come up with that word association. Yeah, unfortunately, there is a lot of, you know, words like loss and heartbreak and, and stuff like that. And I guess it is a very real insight into what um, or what we know as an organisation and what people with epilepsy know uh, of, of how, the, how, how epilepsy can affect people. Um, but it is a it's kind of a striking visual for sure. And um, I think we'll be able to share that on our social media as well. Um, coming up so if you if you check us out at, at epilepsy action you should be able to see that graphic and just one last thing before we go into the interview um is i listen to a podcast where the running joke is like one more thing <laughs> i feel like we're a bit like that just one more thing just, just, one, just more thing. one more thing just one more thing i'll get, I'll get in there yeah um <laughs> it's just that um the epilepsy action awards are currently as of the 23rd of june which is when we're recording they're currently open um, and they will be until the 15th of july and um, for nominations so if you know someone who's done an amazing thing for you or for people with epilepsy in general we really want to celebrate them um, like kelsey being celebrated by her school we really do think that people we need to say hurrah you're brilliant to more people who make the world better for people with epilepsy so um if you head to epilepsy.org.uk forward slash awards, you can find out more. And we're also taking video nominations. So uh, if you fancy, you know, trying out your YouTuber vlogger muscles, giving them a flex. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think I mentioned this on another podcast that um, it would be good to get those in because we'll be, able, we'll be able to share them and people will be able to see what your nominations are all about and um, why... Uh, you know why they deserve uh, recognition so yeah it's great it's a great way to do it so please 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 do if you can yes please if you feel comfortable and talking of amazing people who do amazing things for people with epilepsy uh, uh in this episode we're going to chat with um a couple called michael and paul michael and paul atwell bryce um and they have adopted two well they've adopted four boys um, but two of them, Levi and Lucas, have really severe epilepsy and also nonverbal autism. And we are going to chat with them um, about all things life and what's going on at the moment in lockdown and how they're coping. So uh, we're here with Michael and Paul Atwell Bryce. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you so much for. Uh, for sparing the time to chat with us. I know that um, you've got a lot going on at the moment um, and that your house sounds like it's a pretty intense place to be uh, uh, in lockdown. So thank you for um, sparing us your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, the boys are still off at the moment. Um, so my sister's just watching them at the moment. They're still, we're still kind of in lockdown uh, with Levi and Lucas and his younger two as well. So we're, we're hoping to get back to some normality soon. Whatever normal <laughs> is, we, we are hoping to kind of get yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. Who back. knows anymore? It could be anything yeah, after well, all this. Well, you know, we always say, you know, what, what is normal? Personally, I hate that word normal anyway, but back yeah. to a good routine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we were just saying that um, it's going to be quite a challenge for the boys to settle back into school. Yeah, I, it, I think that might, may actually surprise us a bit because I think the whole uh, engaging with different activities, 
and really stimulating their mindset. I think he's going to do them both great justice indeed. I think because since the lockdown has started in particular, uh, so I don't know if some of your viewers know, we have twin identical boys, Levi and Lucas, who are 14, who both have severe epilepsy. And Levi in particular has really struggled throughout the whole lockdown process with his epilepsy. And some of that, which we are well aware of as ourselves, is because he's physically not as active mentally. It's almost like he's got more room in his brain for seizure activity. Yeah. Uh, well, we have been doing everything we can for that, but there is only so much we can do in a situation like this because nobody's ever faced these kind of situations before. So we are really keen to get some structure back into their lives for them to be able to do things at school, which are, which is in a different environment, really engaging with him. And we're hoping it will suppress that space in his brain for the seizure activity. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. Absolutely, you're right. No one's ever dealt with this before. It's kind of a completely uncharted territory, isn't it? Yeah, we are a little anxious about them going back because obviously they've been off school now for over three months. And um, it will be like a phase return, just a few hours here and there once they do go back to try and like gently settle them back in because we don't want to like unsettle them anymore because they've just got into this whole new routine. Uh, all we've been able to do is go for a walk and because the boys have got uh, their epilepsy, but they're also severely autistic as well. It's not like mainstream children where they can just entertain themselves on uh, with technology and playing football and stuff in garden because they've got a limited like activities that they really enjoy like going to parks and swimming and things like that everything basically that's being shut down is the things right. that the boys really like all those really engaging activities they love them that that where they really get stimulated from them they love and none of that has been possible during this whole process which we understand yeah. But to explain it to Levi Lucas has been quite difficult indeed. Yeah, of course. And they've like really enjoyed just going down like um, up and down the motorway with the windows down and the wind coming in. Right. Like kind of stimulates a roller coaster to them and they were like really yeah. flapping their arms about and smiling and having so much enjoyment from something like that. Because yeah. all the like stimulating things that they normally enjoy have all been shut down obviously over lockdown. Right. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I just wondered. Um, you you told obviously you told us a little bit about them, but um, um, I wondered if you could chat about kind of when you first met Levi and Lucas and how that was um for you guys and for them, I guess. Yeah. So um, Levi and Lucas, we got Levi and Lucas on twenty second of December two thousand and eight. Um, they were both premature. Bit of another Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, like, this Christmas tree were up and stuff, and that all got pulled down and everything, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, from, from that day, I must tell you, um, because memories are really important to us as families, so right. that first day we ever met Levi and Lucas, the jumpers that they were wearing, we still have. Right. So lovely. And all those parts of memory collections are so important to us. But, yeah, so they arrived, and our life kind of, changed forever they were showing sure. signs of uh, developmental delay possibly but nobody was actually certain whether they were delayed or whether it's because how prem they were 
as babies. Right. So the longer the period went on and the more we were noticing issues with them both, we kind of wanted to get as much early intervention as possible for them. So we obviously, with the help of OTs and paediatricians and stuff, because at this point they weren't diagnosed with anything whatsoever. There wasn't one diagnosis. Yeah. They were around yeah. like around two year old when Lucas just suddenly used to become like vacant in the bath and yeah. just re- went really floppy and there were like nothing there and we always just thought, oh, water's too warm, it's made him sleepy. Just yeah, used to scoop him out of the bath and you were kind of drying him and dressing him and, and it was as if he were asleep. And when we look back at it, um, that were like more than likely absent seizures, like the start of their epilepsy. But we never yeah. click. We never put the two together because we'd always just seen epilepsy on TV as, as like jerking and all four limbs jerking and things like that. So we never put the two together and thought that that would have been a seizure. And it wasn't until we were about two and a half uh, when. It, it wore jerking all four limbs and, and his eyes rolled to one side and things and they had what people see as a normal seizure, what you'd see on TV and stuff. I had like a tonic-clonic seizure when we had to first like phone the ambulance out. Um, and then that became a bit of a, bit of a pattern where the paramedics would be arriving because they'd be having the seizures. And I remember at the beginning of all of this, one of the paramedics said to us, oh, dads, we're going to be seeing a lot more of these boys. And I thought, right. Right. So yeah. some, some, This is the beginning of something, yeah. Yeah, something. This is almost the start of something that we don't know anything about. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I guess then it must have been quite a steep learning curve. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think we may have said to you guys before, you know, our life is like a roller coaster. The ups are really up. The lows are really low. There's no in between. Yeah. But you know, throughout all of this with the boys, years on, would we ever change any of it? No. We love them for who they are. But the only part of Levi and Lucas we wish we could change would be their epilepsy because the severity of it and how serious epilepsy actually is. And still to this day, this is why we're talking to you guys. People hear the word epilepsy, but they don't actually know that epilepsy is a life-threatening condition. Mm. No, absolutely. Um, and I was actually about to bring that up because in every single podcast we've done, this has been brought up. Um, the fact that um, kind of the general public thinks that, uh, you know, seizures are either triggered by flashing lights or it's the convulsions and it's so much more than that. And yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, you bringing that up is just a prime example of the fact that, you know, the wider public kind of doesn't really know that. And I guess, like Cassie says, it must have been a quite steep learning curve for you. I think of, es- yeah. especially we, we leave our because as he's got older, he's developed all different types of epilepsy. So we've gone right. from him having absent seizures, tonic-clonic seizures, to then a phase of drop attacks where he would just suddenly drop to the ground. And it is that, and all these seizures just kind of it's developing and changing all the time with Levi. And another another form of seizure comes in. We think it can't there can't be any more types of epilepsy, but it just seems to like get them all. And all right. um, 
is recently being diagnosed. To, well, his neurologist thinks he's got another one. Um, is it? I can't think of wording, but it's coming round from a seizure and he's screaming. And right. He's, okay. It's really, he's it's totally really, disorientated. Yeah, it's discongenitive. I think um, there's a certain wording is good to it anyway, but. We're thinking this is another like form of epilepsy that Levi is developing now again, um, that they're just looking into. But obviously, because of lockdown, we film certain seizures to show the neurologist, so he has a clear idea. Yeah. But we won't be able to show him until we next obviously have a, like a face-to-face appointment. But it's just it throws us all the time because when the drop of seizures started, you'd just be feeding him in his porridge, wouldn't you? Yeah, and his face would just drop. And I would literally have to catch his face under his chin all the time. It's just like everything out of his body's just gone, been zapped out of it. Mm. Or he could be stood up and he will just hit the floor like a sack straight away. So the risk is to injury to Levi and mm. what's around him as well. And of that's course. why supervision has always had to be so, so high to keep him safe. But you know, we do all we can and we, we have a great epilepsy team around the boys uh, I think that's only because of how on the ball we are with everything and how we advocate to make sure they get the best possible care that they can but that in itself is really tiring and that mm. is absolutely knackering yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know that's what we have to do we have to keep on top of their epilepsy we don't want it to be a case of we're chasing their epilepsy all the time Yeah. in an ideal world we should be ahead of their epilepsy and almost, yeah. their epilepsy almost their epilepsy should be catching up with the medication interventions but it's never been the case with Levi it's always been roles reversed a bit so yeah and you've been trying to get cannabis based medicines for the boys haven't you and I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about that journey how that's been yeah. oh, that, that was horrendous <laughs> to be, to be, very, to be mm. very open and honest mm. yeah uh, the, the fight that we had to do to get Levi, the epidiolates, was just horrendous. Um, there were many times where we thought we're not going to win it. We just thought we're not going to win it. But every time we saw Le- Levi have a seizure, that was our ammunition and our Motivation, energy yeah. to yeah. keep going all the time. I there was no question about it. Yeah, because we were invited on Good Morning Britain, the date we legalised in November 2018. Yeah. So then us, along with all the other parents, just thought this is great, this is going to make it so much easier now, there's going to be so many different cannabis-based medication products on the market available for like Levi and Lucas, and this could be a massive thing, a massive help to the boys. But in reality, um, so far it's just the one drug approved, and it's really hard to get hold of. So like example, Levi and Lucas both have epilepsy, but we've only managed to secure a place for Levi. Uh, he were given a place on the early access program. Yeah. Um, that were like sent like a huge battle, and to say how severe his epilepsy is and how many times he's been hospitalised and all the different types of epilepsy he has and the life threatening part and the risk to injury and stuff. We just thought, well, it's more or less guaranteed a place, but it didn't seem like that at all. No, it's, and it's just, just to me, it just seems so unfair that families like you like you guys who do so much do looking after some severely unwell children so brilliantly then have to fight for the best care as well 
I think when you have children like Levi and Lucas, I think I speak for a lot of families out there who are in the same position as us, who will be listening to this. You, you start to have that inner strength and it's the children that give you that because you as their parent, you have to advocate for them because if we don't do it, nobody else will do it. There's just, that's exactly how it is. So you have to put everything into getting the best treatments possible because if we don't do it as parents, nobody else will. I think most parents with special needs children will always say the same, that you, you have a real challenge just managing and looking after these children. You sleep deprive yourselves and everything else that comes with it. And then you're having to fight for everything on top, not just like epilepsy, just in general, any piece of equipment. I always remember when they were little, they had special needs buggies and we says about a double one. So just one of us could take them out uh, to get other one a break sometimes and says, but if you want that one, we'd have to take one of the other ones away from you. It's almost like they could only have one piece of equipment each. Mm. And thing, things like that over the years, just like, it's just so frustrating that you have to battle and fight for everything on, on top of like managing all the medications and the conditions as well. Yeah. And I think, that's why I think that's why we're so open about our family life because I would like to think that people that are in the same position as us find comfort from hearing this as well so they feel like they're not on their own as well and they're not by themselves and that you know you just have to I hope for other family members out there they find strength from listening to us to know that they have to just keep pushing and just never give up yeah in the early years it just seemed like You'd no, you wouldn't get no sleep because they'd be up all night and then there'd be so many appointments and stuff for like OT, speech therapy, the epilepsy side, norm, the normal paediatrician and everything else. And you'd just be exhausted and then when you found something that might help, it's almost like you had to fight and battle for it for months and end just to get what they needed. And we, we'd hope that things that have improved now over the years, because in the early years we did find it really difficult, that, that side of it. And, we did feel isolated and alone and like, we felt like we were in it on our own, didn't we? Until you get to know other parents in the same situation and, and you link up with people, like we've got a big network of different people that we know now in similar situations, so. And we're very lucky because there's a lot of people as supporters as a family as well. So across your social media platforms as well, people reach out to us and engage with us and they just send such nice supportive messages. And, mm all those kind words you know we don't just read them we really absorb them and take them in because on those days when we need to hear that it's there for us because we're not robots we're not robots we're not machines we're human as well yeah of course that's one of the things i just think is so brilliant about you guys you are just so passionate about sharing your boy's story with the world and so passionate about speaking out about what what your family your family life is sharing that and um we we, we have to because you know, we don't love anybody as much as we love our children. So no. why, should we, why should we hide them away? The people we are most proud of are the children that we parent. Yeah. So why can't, why can't we show them off to the world? Okay, yes, they, they have a diagnosis of, you know, autism, their epilepsy is really difficult to control. They're both nonverbal. Yes, they are totally dependent on all basic health and care needs. Yes, we still have to feed them. 
but you know to look at you wouldn't have any idea what their actual disabilities are and this is what we're all about breaking those molds and taboos that sadly in this world still do exist you're right they're complete shining stars and, and they should be showed off to the world don't because you'll make me cry <laughs> <laughs> 100% and like and as you were talking about your social media your social media is is really great to follow because you really you really do show that passion and um, and energy and all your campaigning and all your kind of and how proud you are of the boys really does come through on that so whenever Absolutely. I'm scrolling through our social media I really appreciate seeing your posts well you know in a realistic world you know we know the severity of the boys epilepsy that is our biggest fear Everybody who knows us knows that. Yeah. That's what scares the life out of us. Because we've been there when Levi's being ventilated. We've been there when they're saying, Dads, we're doing everything we can. No parent should ever have to go through those situations. So every time Levi is having a really difficult day with his seizures, and he's then clustering, which means he's having a seizure, coming out of the seizure, then yeah. going back into one. We always have those thoughts in the back of our mind every single day. Please don't let this happen again. Please don't let this happen again. And it's that what makes us fight for everything for the boys all the time. Yeah, sure. of course. Um, but Levi and Lucas aren't the only set of twins in your family. Is that right? That is correct. <laughs> Are we crazy? How do you do it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have one two and a half year old. That is more than enough for me at the moment. And so I just hats off to you guys. You know, some people must think we're crazy. I don't know, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. so we've got Lurton and Lance as well, who we got basically straight from hospital, straight from special care baby unit. Right. And wow. they kind of came into the system and we were found out about that they'd come into the system and uh, the possibility of having them straight from birth and stuff and then working through the process to adopt them and everything else and... Um, there were lots of discussions, weren't they, about that? We didn't just jump into that. But yeah, Lotan and Lance. Yeah. Lotan and Lance yeah. are two, and they are identical twin boys as well. So right. we are really fortunate to be in a situation where we have four beautiful children brought together, and they are two sets of identical twin boys. That's yeah. really special it's to It's really work. special. That's really unique, that, yeah, sure. And Lotan and Lance. They are mainstream children. They are developing as mainstream children. There's no concerns whatsoever. Right. But we're learning to parent as well now because we haven't parented. Dif yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, because we haven't really parented mainstream children like Lotan and Lance, although we do foster children as well as. But when Lotan and Lance are picking things up so quickly, we're not used to that. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess they can, it's a kind of two, they must be starting to talk back to you now. Yeah. Uh, no. Talk? They don't stop for air. Uh. <laughs> you, you know, it, it's great to hear those words, daddy, 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 which I absolutely yeah. love. But still to this day, the only words I really want to hear from Levi and Lucas are the words daddy. Right. Those yeah. are the only words I really want to hear. Yeah. Of course. How do they kind of... Uh, get on with Levi and Lucas is it uh, oh, they're, they're is it a brotherly relationship yeah yeah well if one of them runs they all run 
right. <laughs> if one screams, everybody screams. Uh, yeah. so, it's like one big gang. Yeah. yeah. Levi tends to like to sit on bucket sofa or climb on bucket sofa and babies just tend to copy everything he does, don't they? Right. But the great, the great thing with Lotus and the Lance is they are growing up with Levi and Lucas who have such complex needs. And as they are growing up, they are able to see the world in a different light and accept that yeah. everybody is totally different. And that yeah. is the beauty of all of this. So they will love Levi and Lucas for who they are, regardless of their epilepsy, their autism, the fact that sometimes they can't you know, feed themselves, the fact that even at the age they are, they're both doubly incontinent. Lotan and Lance see all that and they grow up with that. And that yeah. to them will be how their brothers are. And we absolutely love that. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it, obviously, because when they have all been playing together and suddenly Levi Lucas has gone into a seizure, they've seen us dealing with that. And to, to them, that's normal because they've of never course. known any difference. So they see us dealing with a seizure and it's never really thrown them because it's always been part of their life from them being babies. Um, yeah. so they'll grow up. We're good. It's a good stand in life because they'll know about different disabilities and they'll have a good understanding of epilepsy and other conditions as well because they've lived with it from like from birth. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think I think they'll grow up to be like really accepting and uh, you know yeah. and and know absolutely. that uh, there's absolutely. there's all sorts of different types of people in the world, and I think yeah, you guys and will really parent them like that. That's a new generation that comes through, yeah. isn't it? You know, we're able to educate them as they grow up as well, because you know we're not going to be here forever. Myself and Michael, and as parents, that's our biggest fear as well. Like most parents have that when they have children. In particular, when there's children with such complex needs, you know yeah. that's a, that's a huge concern to us. If anything ever happens to us, what happens to the kids? Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a big worry. I don't have that worry well, that... at the minute, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 you three do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm worried but, most about it's like dropping my phone on the floor or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big thing, isn't it? Because we've always said from day one, like our house has been adapted and, and made to suit Levi and Lucas forever. So um, we've never like put them into respite or anything like that. They've never considered them when they're older moving out and going into like a residential unit or anything like that. That's never been what we've wanted. So that they will always live with us for the rest of their lives. Levi and Lucas will always live with us. And we love that, you know, we absolutely Yay. love that. And they're in their own world and that, that's fine. We accept all that. We accept, accept, sorry, we accept them for who they are. Yeah. Because that's Yay. all we know. It's like, they are the 14 now and I reckon next year they'll be taller than us because right. like yeah, fourteen-year-old old boys grow fast, don't they? Yeah, they're, they're, they're just so long. <laughs> but, but, and because and they tiptoe as well, don't they? Just it makes them seem even taller. And like when we when you you normally do the hair, don't you? And it's like you used to look down to them to do their hair, and soon you'll be having to look up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do the hair, I blow dry the hair because I want them to look as beautiful as they are, you know, and. They're yeah. just such beautiful boys to look at from the outside. You would have no idea what they actually face and what they have to deal with. And Levi and Lucas 
you know, to us, are the heroes in all of this. They absolutely right. are the heroes in all of this. What they deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is absolutely tremendous, but they still smile, they still engage, and they still get on with it, and they still fight it. And that's why, yeah. that's why they're heroes to us. We do actually have that down as kind of a question, um, kind of what is day-to-day -day life kind of like, uh, just kind of the, from start to finish, I guess, is there. Bedtime boggles my mind. Like I say, one toddler is enough to wrestle with at bedtime. You've got yeah. two yeah. toddlers and then Levi and Lucas as well. Yeah. I think like for, from today, for instance, so our day today started at half three in the morning. Right. With Levi, Levi really struggles with like sleep. Right. So he can be up really early. So we've been like downstairs with him since half three. So like nine o'clock in the morning, that feels like dinner time to us sometimes because we've been up for hours already, haven't we? Right. Um, yeah. But it's kind of it is full on. It has been full on over um, lockdown because. Obviously, all the kids have been here all the time with no nursery and no school and stuff. Yeah. We've just been, yeah, been good that the like, when there's been warm days with the garden and things like that, being able to get out for a walk. It's just the days when it's been raining and we've all kind of been cooped up. It can seem a long day when we're up quite early with, with boys sometimes, can't it? But then bath, bath times, it's like tea times and bath times is always the busiest time, isn't it? People say to us, oh, when the kids are in bed, that's your time. What a load of nonsense. <laughs> it's not just basically <laughs> straight asleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because that, by the time the kids are all finally settled, we are, we are just so tired. Yeah. We're not complaining about this because no. we, we love how our life is with yeah. the boys. Um, but when they're all in bed asleep, you're just so tired yourself to do anything, aren't you? Mm. And then suddenly everything in the house starts beeping, the washing machine, the dishwasher, everything. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, so it is like that. Very full on. All the Very time. Very full on. But it sounds like a house that's completely bursting with love as well. Oh, you know. For sure. We, we have so much fun in this house. And I don't know if you've ever seen the Dancing Daddy videos for Levi. Oh, yes. I love them. So they happened by pure mistake, pure mistake, because I obviously, years ago, I used to be a dancer, so I, I still love music, and I think music's really important because it can put you back to different memories and stages in your life, and, you know, it can remind you of people, it can remind you of places you've been to, all those kind of things. So music yeah. to us is really important. And then the Dancing Daddy videos, believe I just came by mistake really because I put some music on started dancing around and I just saw how much Levi engaged with it mm. so obviously I just kept doing it to to engage with him even more and more and more and he loves it and he, he loves the interaction don't he, he really like his he smiles with his eyes don't he, he really like gets so much back from it but and I know, I know Levi and Lucas can't speak, they're non-verbal, but you don't have to say how much you love somebody because you show it. Mm, for sure. Definitely. We will link those um, videos in the show notes to this podcast. And if you're ever having a bad day, I really encourage you to look them up because they always make me smile from <laughs> ear to ear. They're just fabulous. 
Uh, yeah, I appreciate so. the I appreciate the shared passion in music as well because I agree with literally everything you just said there. Uh, and I grew yeah. up as a dancer, so I'm also a massive. Oh, here we go. Massive. We've just got a whole fan of. We should start a band, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think we're kind of coming to the end here. How do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and we've we've done this question to every single person that we've had on the podcast and kind of put a different spin on it, um, depending on who the guest is. So we've always said. Um, you know, if if, um, if you could tell someone diagnosed with epilepsy one thing, what would it be? But I guess in your situation, it would be if you could tell a parent whose child who's just been diagnosed with epilepsy one thing, so I've just freshly diagnosed, uh, what would it be? For me, I would say to any parent where their child's just been diagnosed with epilepsy is, this will teach you so much, but most of all, it will teach you how to be strong. I'd just say, uh, because we felt quite isolated and alone at the time, and we weren't really aware of people like Epilepsy Action and stuff, just to have a look on the internet and get as much help and advice as, as possible, because things like Epilepsy Actions, like seizure um, seizure posters and stuff like that, the, the yeah. like resources available online, we never looked into all that when the boys were little. Right. And we could, have, we could have had like so much more to show us families and stuff, you know, the, the resources and stuff that's available and the, and the information online, yeah. especially yeah. on like Epilepsy Action's website. It's just, just brilliant. And I wish we knew more about it when the boys were first diagnosed. There is just one other thing I would like to say as a parent, Levon Lucas. For sure. Is if, so, if, you're somebody, if you see somebody having a seizure, right. I would say to anybody out there, do not be scared. Do not be scared if somebody's having a seizure. It's nothing to be scared about epilepsy. No. And I think still to this day, people can be quite frightened of that when they are seeing There's definitely a, definitely a stigma out there, yeah, for sure. I think people, when they, they put their own anxieties before the individual that's got the epilepsy, and just yeah. Don't, yeah. don't let that put you off getting to know that person and all those kind of emotions just don't let epilepsy come between you and somebody else and don't be scared of it neither there's still too many people out there that are scared or what happens if they have a seizure whilst with me don't you know don't let that stop you from forming relationships and everything else like that because that way epilepsy is winning isn't it yeah for sure. Yeah. Just follow the right procedures when you're together with the person and you're fine. There's no like, reason to be scared. Yeah. And when we've had situations where we've had to like put Levi Lucas in recovery position on somebody's front garden and stuff, then some people just walk by and some people say, are you okay? Do you need any help? And I think most people would much prefer that. Just somebody saying that really helps you in a situation like that, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, so there's still so much education needed around epilepsy for the general public to see what it really is. And I still, yeah. I know this from personal experience with Levan Lucas. Some people can be scared to be around them in case they have a seizure, but that's the wrong attitude. That really is the wrong attitude. Yeah. You know, Completely. because we're all, we're all human. You know, they can't help the fact that they have epilepsy. We just have to support them whilst they're in seizure and give intervention medical intervention if we need to yeah 
We always say that um, seizure first aid is something that everyone can learn and anyone can do. Yeah. And it's true. It's, it's not complicated when it boils down to it, it, it. You can make such a difference to someone with such simple things. Yeah. And I do have to say, I did see on your social media um, an article that you shared about two young people in the neighbourhood, uh, two young lads helped somebody they didn't know in the neighbourhood having yeah. a seizure. And more of that. We need to see more of that in this world, absolutely, because you don't see articles like that very often. And I got no. so much comfort from that article to know that there are people out there who would help somebody who, if they were having a seizure, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that article, again, we'll share that in the show notes, um, to teenagers in Sheffield who were out on their bikes and saw a guy having a seizure um, by the side of the road. And one of them, their little brother had epilepsy. Back to, I guess, Lance and Loton and all their learning, um, their little brother had epilepsy, so they knew exactly what to do and they just did the right things and made sure that the guy having a seizure was safe. Um, and I think that, that things like that, you're right, give people comfort that, that there are people out there who will help. For sure. And we do actually, we have a video that's literally 30 seconds long that shows you what to do in the event of a tonic clinic seizure. It only takes 30 seconds to kind of learn what to do. And I think you make such valid points. Yeah, for sure. Don't, don't worry about yourself doing anything wrong, wrong or, or going near the person. Just worry about that person that's having the seizure, I think. Yeah, and, uh, and like your, a lot of your resources, we know that they're actually free. And yeah, for sure. It's so easy. Yeah. To, it's so easy to access like the posters and stuff, and the little cards saying this person's got epilepsy, all bits like that. Yeah, yeah. That they're really good, and people just need to have a look on website and then download them or or send off for them because they are really useful to have. Thank you for plugging our stuff. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> but, but of course, it, we know we do know it helps so many people. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Yeah, and it is really nice to hear that as well. That you know that yeah, the stuff that 100%. we are making is making a difference to people. It's it always great to hear, hear the feedback. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is because sometimes we have those doubts as well, yeah. and we just refer to it. I wish you could see our fridge because our fridge in our kitchen has got your, your big poster on All what, right. to do, what to do if somebody's having a seizure. Right. You know Brilliant. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's always there. So it's always there. So family members see yeah. it. Yeah. You, you know, so we, everybody's, you know, talking about it all the time. Yeah, and of then, course. And then by keeping it a, an open conversation, people are then less anxious yeah. when they do have a seizure. I just think yeah. with like stuff with like, like that poster, I always think there should be one like in every library, every every school classroom, and there should be just everywhere because hmm. it's so easy to follow that poster. Right, I guess um, that about wraps it up then. Just no? to say, thank you, thank you for your time, thank you for all that you've shared, thank you for um, all that you continue to share about Levi and Lucas. As we say, it it, um, it brightens our day. And they really are, like, they're just superstars, all of your boys, all four of them. And um, it's just really nice to see their lives and sharing their, their story. Thank you once again, Michael and Paul. As we said, when we introduced them, they live um, kind of an, a, 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 what must be truly an exhausting life, but they, they absolutely love it and they're, they're incredible. Um, their boys are definitely heroes and you know the campaigning and the passion that they show together on their so on their social media and in everything they do is really inspiring and uh thank you once again to michael and paul for the for the chat 
Yeah, absolutely. And you can find them on social media. Um, we'll link in the show notes, but it's at Well Bryce Family. Um, as I said, their Instagram always makes me smile. It never ceases to make fails to make me smile. Um, they're just um, they're just really their their attitude to everything, their approach, and the amount of work they do to improve the world for their boys and people like them is just incredible. Yeah, not not just epilepsy and autism as well, and it's. Um... Yeah, it, like I said, it's, tr- it's truly inspiring, and and their social media does really mean something. I know there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of um, hateful things on social media right now, and like all sorts of different things going on. So yeah, definitely if you want to pick me up, definitely follow them. Um, and so that's it for this week. Before we go, we I just wanted to read um, a review that we've had in Rich. That right. is another thing that made me smile. Wonderful. It's always from... always up for your reviews. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it, I guess um, on Apple and Google you can leave reviews. So if yeah. you want, if you want to, if you want to let us know how we're doing, anything, any feedback, comments, any suggestions, anything, uh, leave it in a review. Or you can also get in touch with us at podcast at epilepsy.org.uk too. Absolutely, and rating really helps. So if you think we're brilliant, you could leave us a five star rating. Um, and if you think we're not brilliant, then leave us a rating as well. Um, it's really <laughs> useful for us to know whether you know we make this for you guys we don't make it for ourselves so it's good to know whether you're getting stuff from it whether you're enjoying it or not yeah absolutely but um, but four stars or above as i, as I say every time <laughs> <they say> this. <laughs> yeah. at least four stars <laughs> the review says um it's from verity may and it says hello from a parent of a five-year-old with epilepsy whose seizures have broken through during lockdown after almost a year seizure free thank you Thank you for putting this podcast together so I can hear other people's stories and feel part of a community. And then there's a lovely purple heart. Oh, that is that is really lovely, actually. Thank you very much for that, Parity. Yeah, that yeah. that is exactly the aim of the podcast as well. We want to share real stories from real people uh, with epilepsy, with a connection to epilepsy. Um, and, you know, hopefully people hear them, relate to them, realise they're not alone and that's that's yeah. really the, that really is the aim for the podcast exactly so. like i'm really um, pleased verity made that it's made um that it's made that difference to you and that it's helped because i can only imagine what it's like to you know have a five-year-old and have the seizures that have broken through again in lockdown you yeah. know that just the stress of that and the worry um and how alone that could make you feel that, that we've been here that we've been able to help in just some small way is um really fantastic well, it's been a pleasure once again, Hattie. Another week, another Definitely. podcast. Um, we're still we're... in the spare rooms. I we don't are. Know when we're going to be out of them? <laughs> uh, who knows? Oh, but we'll be back um, on the is it the thirteenth of June, July even? 13th oh, we're in July. July. Oh, I where know. does time go? The year is just flying. Uh... We'll be back on the thirteenth of July um, with Fran from Seizure Adventure as our um, who's going to have a chat with us about. Um, her approach to epilepsy and how she um, does adventurous things. She goes on like treks all over the world um, and how she manages all of that. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, and she has a great podcast too, so it'd be nice to uh, nice to talk to her. Someone who someone who knows what they're doing uh, with, uh, along with us. And we absolutely know what we're doing. We're at, we're, 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 we absolutely are not just feeling <laughs> our way in the dark. We're, we're complete pros. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. So I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks, Hattie. Yeah, of course. See you then. In a bit.